a quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Tom Critchlow. And it rhymes and I've just realized it was going to rhyme and it's too late. That is the warmest intro I've ever had for a podcast. Brilliant. Wonderful. Uh, lovely to have you here. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to report SEO to your CEO. Um, that's acronym city for me. So I'm going to say how to report SEO to your CEO with JB and TC. That's great. Cool, isn't it? Acronyms. Love them. Um, before we start, just going to announce my book because I'm terribly pleased. We released it last week. Uh, if we can have the video animation, uh, made this video animation to present the fundamentals of brand search for business that I wrote, and it's got onto the bestseller list. So everybody who bought it in the first week to help us get onto the new release bestseller list in marketing, thank you very much. It was wonderful. And if you haven't got a copy, buy your copy today, and there's the link. Now, on to Tom's Brand SERP. We always start these with the Brand SERP because that's what I do. That's my thing. So I looked up your name, and there you go. You've done a really great job. Um, you've got rich site links for your personal site. That's unusual for a person. So you must be good at SEO. Well, maybe um, I'll just have too much time to go blogging, but yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that in a moment. And then your Twitter boxes are there, which are, which are brilliant as well. And I actually thought it might be a different Tom Critchlow because when I looked at the site, and I think the next screen is the site, um, it didn't really look to me if we – there you go. That didn't look like an SEO site. And then I looked at it, and it's actually really complex and confusing. I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm. I'm uh, this is a little bit intentionally obtuse. I think I'm trying to be difficult and arty with my uh, with my website. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to make it appear like a, more like a personal site than a than a business site. I think that's my intention. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and on the right hand side, you had written digital bricolage. Bricolage is French, so I'm terribly pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely delightful. Welcome. So. That is the brand SERP section. And I'd like also, for once, I'm going to actually announce the sponsors because I don't usually do it. Uh, we're sponsored today. You can see the links, the, the sorry, the logos at the bottom there, WordLift and Ahrefs. And we, if we can show that video, I got a software called Doodly and I was playing around with it. So I did this and I think it's pretty cool. CaniCube Tuesdays is produced in partnership with WordLift who do an amazing AI for SEO plugin for WordPress, and they're incredibly intelligent and lovely. And today, the headline sponsor is Ahrefs, who have an amazing SEO platform that I've been playing with for the last couple of weeks, and I've been having a lot of fun. So that's it for the sponsorship today. Tom, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the conversation. Let's do it. SEO, CEO. They're not compatible, are they? <laughs> not, not often, no. I've, I, it's pretty rare to find a CEO that will actually... Uh, engage with and enjoy talking about SEO. Right, they just think you've misspelt their title. That they've you've put SEO and they say no, 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 it's CEO. Yeah, yeah. So the argument starts there. Then you explain what it is, and then they say I don't care, or I don't understand, or I don't have the budget. Which one is it? Uh, all of the above. Um, I, I think also <laughs> there's, there's a healthy skepticism. There's also another one which is just I don't believe you, um, right. which I think is interesting. I think a lot of uh, a lot of SEO folks spend time thinking that organic traffic is the be-all and end-all and that um, they control this kind of huge piece of the business. And in actual fact, a lot of CEOs, I think, have this kind of sneaking suspicion that if they just didn't do any SEO, Google would figure it out for themselves. Um, right. and, and, you know, honestly, they're not necessarily that far wrong, right? I think, um, especially in a larger, uh, a larger kind of, kind of corporate setting, I think it's always the, 
the SEO team's job to justify their own existence. And by that, it isn't to say, look how much organic traffic we get, but more to the point is like, what portion of that organic traffic are we actually impacting? Right. Um, right. You know, a large portion of it is just brand search. It's stuff, it's traffic you're, you're going to get Ooh. anyway. Right. Yeah. Oh, my favorite brand search. I love that. That's that's what I'm all about. And SEO say we don't care about that, but I think we should care about it. I think it's phenomenally important. But let's backtrack a little bit. You said lots of traffic. Doesn't the CEO just say, but that's outside in the street? Isn't that the first thing you need to do is explain the vocabulary to them? Yeah, sure. I mean, the carry is a huge thing, and even getting beyond traffic to revenue, also, right? I mean, that's the that's the ultimate right. goal is to talk about SEO in a way that actually the business can care about, rather than assuming that people care about the website, assuming that people care about traffic, assuming that people care about rankings. Um, there's a lot of assumptions there when, uh, especially in a company that isn't just you know purely digital, um, you've really got to work hard to say. Uh, not only does the website matter, not only does traffic matter. Um, what we're really getting towards is is revenue, right? Um, that's the language that the CEO speaks. And and that's the isn't that kind of one of the things that SEOs are really not very good at is mapping their SEO performance to the revenue, which would not be what would convince the CEO. I mean, I know I was always rubbish at it. I was saying, yeah. why do you want to make money? You're top of Google, isn't that fun? And they go, no, it's not fun. Where's the well, money? I, I think there's also a you know we spend as SEO professionals we spend so much time, um, so much time kind of uh, directly seeing that link between rankings. And traffic that to us they become kind of synonymous we're like well if only we could rank for this keyword right and that becomes important to us because we can see the link between ranking for that keyword and you know uh, uh, revenue leads whatever it is um but that isn't always necessarily obvious for for the executive team right i think you really got to spell it out um and further you really got to try and justify and say well it's not just traffic but but how much revenue Right, I don't really care about the number of visitors. Right, there's tons of ways to get traffic. Uh, not all traffic is made equal. Right, traffic to our blog might not convert as well as traffic to our product pages. Traffic to our product pages might con convert better than, uh, you know, homepage, whatever it might be. Um, so it's really, it's really important to just to get to uh, revenue. Uh, right, as, as as Hans mentioned there, it's um, yeah, revenue is, is is really the bottom line. Um, now, uh, I think uh, what's also true, however, is that it's easy to say your drive to revenue in many environments. That's quite hard to do. Right, and requires a little bit of assumptions and uh, right. you know back of the envelope work or, or, or kind of modeling to be able to say, actually, we don't know exactly how much revenue we get from this traffic, but we're going to make some assumptions about average order value or lifetime value or the right. um, the value of a lead, uh, whatever it might be. I mean, you have to have to do a little bit of work to be able to do that calculation that says this much traffic is going to turn into that much revenue. But if you don't do that, no one's going to care. Right, yeah, no, sorry, I'm interrupting that. But I, one of my big questions is, you start kind of modeling and making assumptions and, and, and trying to figure out how you can actually calculate it. And so how do you explain or do you explain to the CEO the, the quirks and the assumptions you've made within your system and say, basically, we're making the numbers up, but we're making them up on some kind of data? Yeah, yeah. Um, is it worth explaining? Because I find they just get more and more confused the more I explain it. So, so the trick is not to make it overly complex. Um, that right. one of my favorite expressions is that uh, all models are wrong, but some are useful. Um, and I think that's Ooh. a really good work, working assumption, which is when you're when you're trying to do uh, revenue modeling, uh, revenue forecasting, that kind of work, you have to create a model that is simple enough that you can walk somebody through it in a couple minutes in a spreadsheet, right? Um, where by the time you start getting to say, well, you know, the first half of the year, the year we're going to add in these assumptions, then we're going to layer on top seasonality, and then actually we've got some some assumptions here, and I'm going to downweight this month for a particular reason here, and I'm going to layer on top this like regression analysis I did with the, the SERPs. You, you can't explain that to anyone, right? At that point, what you're basically saying is, I have a magic box, 
and my magic box is you know says this number, right? Um, and so what you really need to do is you need to create a, a model which is you know hopefully still uh, accurate or or has you know some bearing on reality, but mm -hmm. is explainable, right? If the model is not explainable, it doesn't work. Um, and so mm -hmm. especially when you get up to the to the you know senior levels of business. You really need to be able to be kind of working on two or three assumptions at most um, to be able to say these are the assumptions we're making. Based on those assumptions, this is the this is the the, the revenue that we're going right. to generate. Right, because the other problem is not only does the CEO not necessarily understand what you're talking about, they don't care about the assumptions you've made, and they don't have the time to sit and listen to you. They just want three slide presentations, three slide um, three slides to explain it to them, and just go, okay, right. that's where we're going. Now let's go there. Right. Um, oh, and just quickly, we, we make knowledge nuggets from these. We cut out small clips. And just to the team at CaddyCube, that was a knowledge nugget that Tom just said, starting with that quote. So please do now answer the question. Yeah, well, I, and I was just going to say that um, the other downside to having an overly complex model, even if the CEO does trust you, is that you're not actually uh, basing your model on assumptions, right? So, so the problem is if it's overly complex, even if the CEO says, OK, I believe you, I believe that number, in three months' time, if you don't hit that number, they say, well, you said we were going to get that number, right? And, right? and what you really want is you want to have an agreed set of assumptions so you can go back and say, okay, well, yes, I said we were going to hit that number because I assumed that we were going to roll out this new site template and we were going to launch 20 pieces of content and we were going to get X, Y, and Z, right? And so then you can go back to the assumptions and say, well, we, we only launched 10 pieces of content for whatever reason, or you know, the site rollout is delayed for whatever reason, right? Um, you have this kind of explainability power, right? And if you don't have the assumptions articulated and agreed upon, then you don't have that explainability. Instead, your neck is just on the line for the, the number, right? That, fi <laughs> that final number is the only thing that they'll see and they'll care about. Um, and so yeah. it's really important to make sure that your model is um, explainable and you have these assumptions kind of agreed upon and legible so that you can have a, a, a communication, you have a dialogue, you have a negotiation, right? right? Uh, uh, rather than, again, just having this kind of number pull, pulled out of thin air. No, I love this because I've already made both those mistakes. I've over-explained it went wrong, and then I under-explained it went wrong in exactly the way you just described. So I should have talked to you like, no, 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure I knew about this 10, this 10, 10 years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, very good point. And um, moving on from that, the other thing is uh, when something goes wrong, when the traffic drops, when all the rankings drop, uh, it might sometimes be because of a Google update. I always feel incredibly guilty and responsible and feel that it's all my fault, but it's actually Google that's changed. How do you deal with that? I mean, obviously, the guilt is something I have to deal with as a human being. But how do I deal with it with the CEO who's shouting at me? I think a lot of it starts with education, and it starts with getting out in front of the update, right? So I think um, one of the things that's really important is, is, is understanding the kind of um, the knowledge level of the various executives and stakeholders that you're going to be working with, which could have a wide range, right? Some people might be very knowledgeable, have strong opinions. Some others might know almost nothing about how SEO works. Um, what I find most commonly is that uh, senior executives will have a pretty outdated model of how SEO yeah. works, right? So they'll be like, well, it really cares about this indexing thing. And there are these like new things called XML sitemaps, right? Or something. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's really important, especially in um, some of the kind of very volatile uh, industries like your money or your life verticals, right? Things like health, things like finance, where we see huge swings, right? An algorithm update can can take a site, you know, two x, right, or fifty percent, right? Um, these huge, huge volatile swings. Um, it's really important to get out in front of that before they happen, right? To be educating the CEOs or the executive team and say, look, this is the industry. This is how Google is working today. 
these are some of the swings we've seen either for our own site or for competitor sites. We need to be prepared for this, right? So we, we, we need to brace right. ourselves and have an understanding that when these updates happen, our traffic might change by, by these huge uh, swings. Now, what we do about it then becomes we should have a roadmap of things we're trying to implement, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, in some senses, one of the good things about that is that it allows the SEO team or should allow the SEO team to have more influence, right? Because suddenly we're not just talking about kind of incremental gains and marginal improvements by mm. deploying some updates, but instead we're talking about if we do SEO well, we're not going to have a 50% drop in traffic, right? <laughs> which, which which I think is a um, this kind of... A, that kind of risk modeling, I think, is 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 um, something that a lot of executives will sit up and pay attention to. Right? We, when you tell them that fifty percent of our traffic is at risk, that's a thing that they'll kind of you know you can at least get in the room to talk about it. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. And and I mean that's managing kind of expectations for that drop. But what about expectations when it goes incredibly well and they get this big boost in traffic and all of a sudden they they get like spoiled children who expect that every single time. And they go, why hasn't it gone up by 20% this month? It went up 20% last month. Uh, how do you deal with that? I mean, obviously, once again, it's going to be education. But I, I found in general what happens is once you get that steady growth, they expect that steady growth to keep going and keep going and keep going. And the plateau is something they're not very happy with. Right, right. And the other is they say, well, we don't need to invest anymore because we're, we're rolling now. Right. Well, so, um, so, so again, it's just, it's just uh, a function of perspective. Um, one of the companies that I worked with um, is kind of big, um, uh, a big publisher that had that saw some of these big swings. Um, they literally just logged all the updates over the last kind of two or three years, the major ones, and they just they just kept a running log of like this one we went up, this one we went down, this one we oh, went right. up, this one we went down. So when a new update happens, it isn't just hey we gained fifty percent traffic, but it's saying well in the last update <laughs> we gained fifty percent. In the last one before that, we lost 25%. In the one before that, we lost 25%. So you, you're just kind of keeping a scorecard um, and just putting it in perspective, right? So so then uh, hopefully um, you can get a little bit less kind of runaway glee of, yay, we just double traffic, um, right. uh, and a little bit more kind of perspective of like, well, this one went up, but future ones might go down, right? And that's just the nature right. of the beast. Yeah, I've got this kind of, now I've got this map in my head of a cricket team with the batters going out and coming back in and the score going up, but yeah. um, that probably doesn't work. The, I was going to say, I wouldn't necessarily recommend uh, uh, positioning that to the CEO through, the, through a cricket metaphor, <laughs> certainly not in the US. But. No, yeah, oh, baseball might work, but I don't even know how baseball works, so I've got no idea what that means. The The, the other question is, how do you account for the the, the rumored updates, the ones where there's volatility, but we don't really know, and lots of forums are going mad about it. I mean, do you count those as updates, or is that putting your, your neck on the line? Uh, I mean, for the most part, I don't think I would treat most of those things as updates. Um, you know, the, the, the source of truth is always going to be your own data, right? What happened to our site? Right. If we did, you know, if we're not seeing significant movement, um, then does it really count as an update? Um, and obviously, for the kind of major ones where we see, you know, huge volatility, um, we can count those in updates and just say nothing much happened to us. Um, but the ones where it's kind of like rumor and hearsay, and like, you know, he said, she said, there's some stuff over there. Maybe some sites are changing. Um, then I would just revert back to what does our data say? Right? Are we seeing? Are we seeing? Uh, yeah. you know, changes or not? Um, again, I think a lot of this is about communication. Right? A lot of um, especially in, in when you're working at a bigger company or, or with a bigger company, 90% of your success is about communication. It isn't actually about the, the, the sophistication of the SEO strategy. It isn't about your kind of technical competence. Mm. It's about can you communicate clearly and effectively about what's going on, right, and what to expect, um, uh, trying to get budget and buy-in for the work. Um, and I think so much of that starts with just getting the right expectations, understanding the, uh, the kind of the, the knowledge level and the... Um, the expectations of the executives and kind of working within those to then say, 
here's the roadmap, here's what we're doing about it, here's what's happening, right? And having that, having mm-hmm. that uh, constant, constant communication without reverting back to, you know, uh, uh, acronyms and and kind of SEO jargon and uh, some of the things that we don't care about, like uh, you know, rankings and so on. It's like it's fine, we can report on those, but they're not really what the business cares about. What we need to be positioning on is this kind of regular cadence of communication, specifically around what what people are going to care about, which is ultimately revenue. Right. And you were talking about budget, but it's also resources. I mean, you need to get the allocation of the internal resources and ensure that you've got priority or you've got a decent priority for the things that need to be done. And that involves actually getting the CEO to get everybody else on board. And that means yep. communicating not only with the CEO, but with all these other team members. Um, I have done that successfully a couple of times, but it's really difficult in my experience. Maybe, maybe I'm just not very good at it. No, it is hard. I mean, well, and, and the first thing to, to uh, embrace and recognize is that this is hard for every team. Right. The, the the CEO's job is to say no. Right? Oh. Um, you know, the, the CEO's job is to say, no, we're not doing that. We're staying focused. No, we're not doing that. We're staying focused. We have our priorities. We have our projects. I'm not doing that. Right? Um, and that's true whether it's the product team, the marketing team, the, um, uh, you know, the design team, the SEO team, whatever team it is. Um, we have to we have to articulate and prove our value, right? Um, and, and, and getting budget and buy-in is a thing which is hard to get and happens on us on a kind of slow time scale. Often companies, again, bigger companies, will do this kind of year, annual planning, like a yearly basis. Um, so th- the trick, I think, is to not only uh, focus on what the business cares about, which is revenue, but also focus on the right time scale the business cares about, right? When we, uh, the, you know, I think um, one of the uh, one of the big mistakes that SEOs make is because all of the tools that we use spit out data on a monthly basis, we mm-hmm. often report data on a monthly basis. We're like, look at this, look at this keyword, look at this page. It can generate 5,000 searches a month or you know, $3,000 a month, right? Um, no CEO really looks at their business on a monthly basis, right? At th- that level, right? Um, you, you know, right. we're talking about uh, budgeting and resource allocation, right? It, we don't, we don't change that on a month by month basis. What well, we change that on a, you know, annual, maybe quarterly basis, right? And so when we're doing forecasting, revenue projections, when we're trying to say this is an idea worth doing, we need to mm. model that out. What is the impact over 6, 12, 18, 24 months, right? If it's, if, it's a, if it's a thing that we want budget and resources for, what is the impact? And again, when you look at especially some of the kind of more uh, foundational SEO work, you, it doesn't change very often, right? We're, we're, mm. we're dealing with things where if you fix this, it's going to stay in place for two years, right? Maybe plus, right? So why not model the revenue benefit over two years, right? Um, you know, and I think that, again, mm. we get stuck sometimes trying to say, trying to do this calculation of like, well, can we can we show that, you know, a better XML sitemap is really going to return revenue next month? It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. That timescale looks a little weird. Um, but if we really zoom out, then maybe the answer is yes, right? Like a small percentage improvement, but that sticks for a long period of time is worth doing. Right. And the other good thing about saying we'll stick for a long period of time is presumably then you're starting to convince the CEO to give budget for a long period of time and give you time. And that's another of the kind of problems is getting that time or being accorded that time so that you can actually do all the things that need to be done. Um, generally speaking, and want to get in my terrible experience, is things move forwards more slowly often than, than we plan for. And having that comfort of time is incredibly important. Um, so, I mean, the buy, getting the CEO to buy in that you're going to be around for a long time, especially as a, as a, a, a what, what do you call it, an external provider right. of services is really difficult. Are there any particular tips and tricks? Um, 
I guess there's, there's, there's two things in particular that I'd say. One is, again, it comes back to communication. So mm-hmm. uh, especially in big companies, there's a lot of work that happens before something even goes live, right? Um, and it's really important for us to have a perspective that isn't just, well, it's not live yet, right? So when the CEO says, hey, where are we at with that project? You can't just say, it's not live. Right? Right. Um, what Instead, what we need is, you know, where are we at with that project? Oh, it's great. We've already passed the following five milestones, right? We did the design sprint. <laughs> we got the, the wireframes done. We've done the keyword research. Uh, it's in development, right? QA is happening next, right? Like you want to be able to show momentum uh, hmm. even before it goes live, right? So it's really important to have these kind of articulated milestones. Even better if you can articulate those milestones at the beginning to kind of level set expectations and say, we are going to have the following milestones, right? We're going to hit these things yeah. and then it will go live. So that everyone's agreed. Again, it comes back to, to communication. Um, so that's one thing is, is um, just making sure that uh, we don't get our budget taken away from us or our project deprioritized by not being able to show that we're on track, right? So those milestones are important. The other thing is, um, and I find this specifically as, a, as an independent consultant myself, is um, don't be afraid to do the grunt work, right? Um, I see a lot of folks struggle with this as they kind of make this transition from more junior to more senior is there's this frustration that you only want to be doing strategy work right i'm like i only want to do strategy work yeah. i don't want to do the, the the details anymore right i'm too i'm too big for that i'm too fancy for that right i'm too expensive <laughs> for that whatever it might be and um in my experience um it's 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 always worth doing the thing that is going to move the chains forward right um that's to use it <laughs> to use a, a, an american football analogy um uh, it, it's always worth doing the thing that just just keeps the project moving and keeps that momentum going even if that is as simple or as basic as keyword research or auditing an right. analytics setup or whatever it might be right um and in my experience it doesn't really matter how much you're getting paid or how senior you are if you're keeping the project moving that is the most valuable thing that you can be doing Right, and so and so so I kind of try and unlink this. Um, you know, the strategy is not the only valuable thing to be doing. Right, um, sometimes the most valuable thing is just momentum. Right, keeping things moving. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think when we talk about having a long-term engagement, sticking around long enough to see these changes through, it comes back to how do you define these milestones, and then how do you be useful throughout the project? Right, how do you just keep 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 moving that project forward doing the things that need doing so that you can unblock teams or you know right. uh, provide clarity whatever it might be and i mean a lot of this just sounds now like the incredibly over enthusiastic high school student who organizes the prom and comes in every day being incredibly cheerful telling everybody what we managed to achieve and where we need to go um do you find that you have to be eternally bouncy and cheerful and positive minded I, I actually wrote a, wrote a blog post uh, called "Optimism as an Operating System," um, specifically <laughs> about how to be. Uh, you know, um, my, uh, my personally, my default mode of operating is optimism, right? And it is that positivity, which is, yeah, yes, we can do this. Yes, it needs to be done. Uh, how are we going to do it? What are the next steps? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think more so than being kind of bouncy and uh, extroverted, I think the right model is just to be seen as. Um, when a company brings you in, you're trying to do things the company hasn't been able to do on their own. Right? Right. And so you have to have an, like a recognition that these things are new, uh, maybe uncomfortable, right? Maybe they haven't done them before. They haven't got a process for it. They don't have a good kind of mental model for how long it should take. So I think over communicating on these things of like, this is how the project is going to work. These are the things we need to do. This is how it's long it's going to take. This is the process we're going to follow. This is how we'll know if we're doing it right. This is how we'll know if we're doing it wrong. Here are the ways that it might go wrong. Um, and kind of having that um, uh, communication and clarity so that the company you're working with can feel like 
it, it feel like somebody is in charge and and that this is kind of you know uh, going as planned, right? I think that's the uh, that's the most important thing. And, and this kind of comes back to this idea again when you get in the boardroom with an executive team, you want to give them clarity, not confusion. And I think a lot of SEOs shoot themselves in the foot by you know, yes, using acronyms and jargon and kind of getting lost in the weeds of the SEO um, uh, rather than providing clarity and saying, what we need to do is the following three things, right? And th right. there's going to be project A, project B, and project C, right? Um, and I think that uh, it's our job as, you know, if you're, even if you're working in-house, in-house agency, consultant, however you're working, it's your job to provide clarity about what we should be doing, not confusion, mm -hmm. right? Not, not about... Um, SEO is a is hundred different ranking factors, right? It's like, well, okay, technically, yes, but that's not helpful. <laughs> you don't want to tell the CEO that. You want to say SEO for, for us in our industry for this website is the following three things, right? Um, that's the kind of clarity that you want to bring to the table. Right, yeah, yeah simplify it down, Mike. And you said three things. That's one of a, a friend of mine who's a teacher at, at high school for the Americans, uh, uh, sixth form for the British amongst us, and I don't know what it would be called in Australia. But um, he said that he gets really great results with his sixth formers because he does everything in threes. And basically, if he's only got two, he adds a third one, even if it doesn't really matter. And if he's got four, he merges with two of them so that they yep. only ever have three you're adhering to that as, a, as an approach. Yeah, yes, and there's actually a framework for this. So there's a, a book called The Pyramid Principle by Barbara Minto, um, who mm. is an ex-McKinsey consultant. Um, and there's a, there's a whole framework in there about um, clear communications, um, and, and specifically in kind of a business setting, specifically with senior executives. Um, and the, the pyramid literally says, you know, start with the most important thing at the top, right? What are we trying to do? What are we going to get? Um, right. And then layer down in, in groups of three. So you say, right, well, there's three initiatives. Each uh -huh. of those initiatives can have <laughs> three sub initiatives each of those things can have three data points or three pieces of evidence whatever it might be um uh, now i think in in practice it's kind of three to five right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna work too hard if i have four right i think people can still deal with four versus three um but certainly once you're past five right when you say you know a big seo initiative for 2022 is mm -hmm. the following seven things i think you've made a mistake right um uh, no. i i think i think you've you've um you've made things overly complex and you can work harder to logically group them or combine them or, or make one a kind of a sub bullet of another point, whatever it might right. be. Um, again, it's, this is this is most important when you're dealing with senior executives and especially senior executives who might not be in the project day to day. So they, so they, they, they might not know um, all of the details and they might not even care about all the details. What they want is kind of just kind of a good kind of mental model of like, oh, when I think SEO, I think they're going to do these three things, right? Um, and, and being able to have that in... Um, clear in somebody's mind is, is really important. Right, yeah. Absolutely. And, and that kind of thing is the CEO needs to be thinking about just the big picture and not getting into the weeds and the details. But the other thing is that pyramid. If you've got one, then three, and then three threes, that's presumably, what is it, cubed? That's like the, the chess game thing with the, with the gold, is that by the time you've got down five levels, there aren't any atoms in the universe anymore. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going down five levels, but uh, sure. Um, I mean, I mean, I've seen SEO strategies that look like that <laughs> that appear to have as many light items as as atoms in the universe. Um, uh, you know, you've seen a bad site audit, and it's like we've got the following right. seventeen million things. Um, but. And that isn't going to work with communicating with the CEO, but it's not actually going to work pragmatically and practically working with anybody. You it's can't manage that, and you can't communicate with the teams about no. it. No. Right. And the the next question is is kind of the other teams because. A lot of the time, SEOs, I feel, kind of think, oh, we're working in isolation just on Google, and they don't really 
maybe integrate or ingratiate maybe themselves with the social media teams, for example, um, especially YouTube and Twitter. I mean, Google shows massive amounts of this uh, social content and off-site content that can benefit us. How can you bring that into the picture and help them make themselves look good and at the same time get some of the glory for yourself? Uh, yeah, well, so, so I think the, the most important thing is to recognize that you'll get more budget and more buy-in trying to do things that don't look like optimizing or iterative improvements, right? Um, I think a lot of SEO people, I mean, you know, it's the O in a <laughs> SEO, right? The optimization is we're going to take what we already have and we're going to try and tweak it and optimize it. It's mm. hard for executives to get excited about optimizations, right? It's far more exciting to get involved in creating new things, new capabilities, new, new capacities, new initiatives, new projects. Um, and, and the trick specifically when you go kind of cross-functionally like you're talking about, right, with like the social media team or, or uh, the design team, whatever it might be, um, every company has three to five big strategic pillars, right? Um, these are the big right. things the company is trying to do right now. Um, you've got to make sure that SEO ladders up to them. Right. Um, and, and the great thing about SEO is it's kind of a Swiss army knife, right? We can do all kinds of things. We can work on technical foundations. We can work on content. We can work on brand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you've got to position it in a way the company can get excited about, right? And this is, right. this is the key to working with other teams uh, and kind of cross-functionally is when you can come and say, not, hey, I've got some SEO things that I want to get done, but rather uh, I want to talk about how SEO can support initiative number one that the company is working on for 2022 right now now you've got a more strategic conversation now you've got a better uh, you've got more buy-in right people people are more willing to listen um and often that is a simple kind of perspective shift right um i i wrote a, a post for the seo mba newsletter specifically about this kind of looking at um etsy's quarterly earning reports um and kind of backing into well if what etsy is talking about in their quarterly earning reports are these how would you make seo relevant and valuable to them Right. And that mm. kind of mindset shift of like, these are probably the same things you want to get done anyway as in the SEO team, but positioning them as specifically supporting these pillars um, is, is a really great way to just kind of get social capital, uh, be seen as yeah. more senior, be seen as more strategic, be seen as more valuable um, uh, 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 across the business. Yeah, I'm just going to, and tie, making sure you're tying it all together because it does all tie together. And I think for me personally, that's phenomenally important. It's something I'm learning with CaliCube with the content we're creating is how much this stuff pops up around all over the place, not right. only on Google, but on social platforms and on other people's sites and other blogs and we get cited. And the creation of this content has been an experiment and it's been a really big eye-opener for me. I mean, I'm moving away from SEO and towards digital marketing and content marketing, and it's a lot more fun, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah. obviously not insulting the SEO industry at all. I do apologize. Oops. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and listen, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a key insight here, which, again, is that modern SEO is very closely aligned to user behavior, right? That, that there's, there's right. you know, it used to be that, SEO was very much divorced from what users cared about and how users behaved. Right. And oh, yeah. obviously, there are still elements of technical SEO that are, technical SEO that are, that are you know, nerdy and detail-oriented and so on. But there's a lot of it which is just simply, we know how users, uh, uh, how, they, how they behave. We know what they care about. We can give them what they want. Um, and as SEO professionals, we're often sat in this kind of interesting position of, we know more about users 
than all these other teams do, right? We can actually help the social media team because we have all this data. We can help the marketing team because we have all this data. We can help the product team because we have all this data, right? Um, We have incredible insight into what people care about, how they search, the questions they have, um, you know, how they behave on the site, what content resonates with them, um, all of these kind of things, which is actually really useful. Um, And it's no longer just kind of, keywords right this isn't just about us saying well this is like a keyword in google it's like no these are how real users behave um and the more that you can position it in that way again the more that you can get buy-in uh with other stakeholders who maybe don't really care about seo but they do care about making sure that their social posts are resonating or that they're staying on trends or you know their emails are going to get opened or whatever it might be right yeah um, you might have wondered why I put my glass on my head. That's my new sign that that was a knowledge nugget um, to the team. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to invent a new way of doing this because it's actually quite a lot of fun. So I was listening, and I do apologize for the sign to the team. Um, the next question about that is is your your fellow team members in the social media and the content creation, whatever it would be, how much does their buy-in um, uh, affect how well your work is appreciated and how do you make them feel good about the fact that they're working with you as opposed to being a different department? Uh, yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that SEO folks make is trying to give other teams work in a right. kind of aggressive Ooh. manner, right? Um, I, I think the SEO is inherently cross-functional, right? We need the content team to be making content. We need the product team to be shipping uh, product improvements. We need the engineering team to be doing this. Um, And the SEO team is very rarely fully self-sufficient. There's very little of that that we can actually get done entirely on our own. So the SEO team sat there saying, we need these other teams to do things. So they go to the other teams and they say, we need you to do this. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, the product team or the marketing team or the content team is sat there being like, well, I've got my own work to do. I'm already busy. I've already got my roadmap. What do you mean I should just mm. do these things? All right, well, I guess I'll add them to the back of my backlog, right? I guess I'll add them to the bottom of the list and get to them if I can. Right. Um, that is a kind of a combative stance, right, that we have. We're trying to get other teams to do work for us. Um, the flip side of that, and, and what I encourage folks to do is think of this in a, in a kind of a, a different way, which is that as SEO professionals, because SEO is cross-functional, we're, we're sat in this unique position where we can actually get more budget for the content team. We can actually get more resources for the product mm. team, right? We can actually help advocate for their bandwidth, right? To be able to take on more of our work. And so there's this, this um, reframe, which basically says, you know, you go to the content team and instead of saying, I need you to produce, you know, 10 extra articles a month for evergreen topics, which are going to be good for SEO. Instead, you say, hey, um, I want to get to a point when we're making 10 additional topics a month. What would you need? Would you need one more writer? Would you need two more writers? Would you need extra freelance budget, right? And then... I'm going to work with you to get you more resources so that we can do this together, right? Um, and it's that right. kind of negotiation which um, often has this kind of unlock moment where teams see view the SEO team as on their side. It's like, oh, you're not just trying to give me more work. Yeah. You can actually help me get done the things that I want to get done. I want a bigger team. I want more resources. I want to do bigger things. I want to do more impactful things. Um, and and yeah, you, so- you just sound like the fixer who's coming in. I'm the fixer. And it, it is that, but you presumably got to do it a little bit more subtly than I just did. Well, I mean, I mean, yes, but I mean, you, you just can't give people more work and expect them to be happy about it, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, it's kind of one-on-one stuff, but but it's it's equally, I think, it's difficult to see what the alternative is. And the alternative is, um, you've really got to work within the existing resources to start with. Right? So instead of coming in and mm-hmm. saying, I need 10 extra pieces of content, instead of saying, okay, what, what content are you already making? How can we tweak a little bit without really adding too much work? But how can we just like get a little bit of evidence that, 
my ideas are going to have value, right? A little bit of evidence that this evergreen content is going to be useful or that's going to drive revenue, whatever it might be. And then you use those initial experiments, right, within the existing resources to be able to go back and advocate for more resources, right? To be able to go back around and say, you know, I need an extra writer or I need, uh, you know, more product team uh, prioritization or more, or more product team resources, mm. whatever it might be. Um, you know, and I think that uh, the, the problem is, is that once you've created that combative stance with other teams, it's really hard to get anything done, right? Because yeah. if we haven't got a friend in the product team, if we haven't got a friend in the content team, what are you going to do? You're going to set that report on rankings, but like, you know, we need other teams to do things to, to see SEO success. Yeah, right. And and that kind of whole thing of, from from their perspective, it, it, it's looking at changing the way they're looking at what they're doing from what you're saying, saying we don't have any more resources, but what you're doing, you could do it slightly different and that would help me. And if you if if that can help me, then I will be able to help you, and we will together be able to build up an argument with the CEO to get more resources for you. Right, right, exactly. Oh, I've been listening, Tom. I've been paying attention. I'm terribly pleased with myself. And and what happens as well from that perspective is kind of at the quarterly meeting, and you haven't met your targets, and some things haven't been done. Um, how do you avoid getting into a blame fight with everybody? That's a that's a great question. Um, I think I think a lot of this starts with a kind of pragmatic understanding of resources, right? So, right. so again, it That's isn't nice. us pointing fingers and saying, "Well, oh, the content team didn't deliver what they said they were going to deliver," and it's more about saying, "Well, listen, I've got all this SEO content that I want to get get produced, and the content team didn't produce it, but that's because they were doing all these other things, right? Like, you need to have an awareness of like what's going on, right? So, again, we can have this pragmatic conversation to say. We didn't get the results we wanted because we didn't produce as much content as we wanted. We didn't produce as much content as we wanted because we haven't got enough writers, right? <laughs> when we look at the, the editorial resources, 60% of it is going to social, 20% of it is going into the weekly email, and we've only got 10% to play with. With that 10%, we only made three pieces of content this quarter, right? It's like, that isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. That isn't going to reach the, for the revenue forecast, right? Again, this goes all the way back to the beginning of the conversation we just had about assumptions, right? When we said we were going to meet these revenue targets, that was because we said we could produce this much content and because we we needed this much you know resources now we didn't get that resources so we didn't produce that content so we didn't hit the revenue target right so it's this explainability power right which again you, you need that um more kind of um, uh, like objective uh, a kind of view of view of things again, rather than being sat there being like, "Well, they didn't do what they said," like I didn't get what I needed from these people, and they didn't do what I wanted, and like the product yeah. team hates me, and like you know, it's like then you're in a bad situation, right? Um, yeah, I mean, and it is kind of delicate because you're right in the middle, and you need all of these people because you are that kind of maybe not a hub, but you're certainly kind of connecting, or, or, or you're you need them all because it all connects into SEO. Yes. And would it be fair? I mean, to, to finish up as we're wrapping up, would it be fair to say that all of these people you're talking to in the team, including your CEO, you need to be looking at it and saying, "What can I do to make you look good to the people you're reporting to, including the CEOs who's reporting presumably to the shareholders?" Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, this is this idea that SEO is kind of stuck in the middle of all these different disciplines is why I think consulting skills and communication are so important, right? Um, right? I mean, this is the fundamental thesis for the SEO MBA and the course that I made, and kind of the whole reason for existing is that it doesn't matter whether you're working as a consultant or an agency or in-house, your role is consultative, right? You you are trying to get other people to do things for you. You're trying to work within a limited resource environment and communication is incredibly important. Um, and, and you know, I think the problem is, is that 
if you do that wrong and you become kind of ostracized or marginalized inside an organization, it's incredibly hard to recover, right? Once, once the CEO has seen you a certain way or once you've pissed off the product team or once the contact team has, has got annoyed with you, it's really hard to recover from that, from that position, right? Um, and, right? And actually get things done. I, lo- I love that as a conclusion, maybe bar the, 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 the rather negative end side of it. But, you know, we, we have a central position and we have a role to play and we can actually help all of these people to help us, but also help them to move forward with what they're trying to achieve. Thank you so much, Tom. That was absolutely delightful and terribly informative. Thank you, um, And thank you, everyone, for listening and watching, in fact, and listening if you're on the podcast. We're going to announce next week now. And uh, next week we have... Uh, Joseph J. Sherman, Effective Media Cadence for PR. That's going to be really, really interesting. He's a delightful chap, and I'm really looking forward to that. And Tom, could you pass the baton, please? Yeah, I'm really excited to to listen to this episode with Joseph. Um, uh, PR is not something I'm an expert in, um, so uh, I'm really excited to kind of listen in and get some tips uh, from Joseph. Brilliant stuff. I, I'm really into PR, having moved away from SEO and towards brand SERPs and brand. Uh, PR is phenomenally important, especially for knowledge panels. That's my favorite topic of the day, of the year, and of probably the decade. Thank you, everyone, for watching. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs>